0: Hey, it's Crystal Knight, and welcome back to the show brought to you by Newsweek. I am speaking with the great Pastor Michael McBride. He is the executive director of Live Free and the co-founder of the Black Church Pack. Welcome to the show, Pastor Mike.
1: Chris Knight, it's such an honor to be here with you once again. Thanks for having me back. And Pastor Mike, you've
0: been on the show before, so one, thank you. But I called you back because I want to talk about guns. I want to talk about Mm. These shootings that continue to happen, um, particularly the one that I want to focus on today, um, is one that happened in Jacksonville, Florida, where a self-proclaimed racist, I'm going to just go ahead and say that's what he is, according to his manifesto, he hated black people, he walked into a Dollar General and killed three black people, wounding others, people are having to duck for cover, Governor Ron DeSantis went down to the scene, many other folks did not want him to show up, he was booed, It's just ridiculous. Like we keep having this same conversation about guns and mental health. And at what point are we going to stop blaming mental health and call a thing a thing that our elected officials don't want to do anything about gun reform and that we have people like Governor Ron DeSantis who prime those kinds of environments for racists to be bred and walk in and kill black people. Let's have the conversation.
1: Seem like you already preaching and it's early, it's early in the morning, right? (laughs) I I, I think you, I think you're totally right. Obviously, um, it is worth noting that we as a country are experiencing a massive mental health crisis. Mm. Uh, We are in the immediate kind of aftermath, if not still perhaps in the throes of the global pandemic that has literally ravaged our country Massive death, massive desperation. People are stretched to uh, a a level of anxiety, pain, and trauma with no real mental health, behavioral health, public health infrastructure to handle it. So it's not outside the boundary of conversation to talk about mental health. But we ought not reduce these acts to a mental health only conversation uh, we don't have numbers and numbers and numbers of mental uh, uh, mental health patients mm-hmm. and or individuals who are struggling with their own kind of um, mental health just randomly out here shooting and killing people. Right. As a matter of fact, most folk who are dealing with mental health are likely engaging in levels of self-harm, or other kinds of behaviors that actually cause themselves to be victimized, not them be a perpetrator of these crimes. We ought to broaden the conversation and say, okay, perhaps this person does have a severe mental health, perhaps even a derangement (laughs) type uh, diagnosis. That ought to be even more reason why we as a nation, as a country, should quickly remove these weapons of war out of the circulation yeah. of our population so we can actually give people who may have this kind of uh, psychotic break or and or deeply harbored resentment and racial xenophobic um, uh, sentiments to not be able to cause such mass havoc and destruction. So uh, I, I I continue to call for Uh, Not only a nuanced conversation, but actually targeted solutions that help to address the nuance of these environments and challenges we're facing. Well, you
0: know, I want to get into some of the strategic things that we can do as citizens and as people who just care about our country and care about going to the grocery store or care about going into You know, your local shopping mall, whatever it is, and not having that fear of being shot. But before we get to that, Pastor Mike, we also have to address in North Carolina in the same week at a university, students were seen jumping out of windows because there was Mm. a gunman at large who obviously had some issues with one of his advisors and shot her. Again, I go back to the premise of my conversation or my question Is that mental health or is this just a person who woke up and said, I'm angry, I'm mad about something, I'm going to take action. But the media narrative is around, oh, he had mental health. But you have all these students who are in fear, who are literally jumping. I saw students jumping out of windows to save their lives. And that is no way to live in one of the most powerful countries in the world.
1: And Chapel Hill is one of the most affluent public universities in the country as well. UNC Chapel Hill is is a is a significantly uh resourced um you know community and campus, et cetera. No, I mean I certainly believe that we we ought to we ought to continue to push ourselves and this country if we are serious about naming mental health as a problem.
0: If we are serious.
1: Yeah. What are we willing to do to do both the preventive work to make sure that mass casualty events do not happen as a result of this named mental health challenge? And what are we willing to do to actually scale up mental health, public health, behavioral health interventions to meet the need? Now, we got to remember, you know, when I was growing up, we would only hear about these kind of casualty events. Uh, with post office workers, I don't know if you remember, that's how the term, man, they went postal, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like when, when postal workers would go or warehouse workers would go into their places and they would just go uh, into a rage, etc. cetera. Uh, people didn't talk about mental health in that way back then. They talked about rage. They talked about these yeah. just anger, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do think sometimes the mental health uh, narrative is being used, by individuals who are unwilling to respond with the needed common sense gun law reforms necessary. They're, they're, they're using the mental health argument to keep them off the hook from having to actually do something. And it's, it's, it's a wicked response. It's a cynical response. And we all of course know better.
0: Well, Mike, you know what I've been thinking about as I watch what happened in Jacksonville, watch what happened um, at Chapel Hill is the same people who are against reforming our gun laws continue to be elected. So initially I'm like, it's the it's the elected officials, it's the elected officials. But if these same people continue to be elected, somebody is electing them.
1: Well, we got to always remember that the greatest uh, voting bloc in this country are non-voters. <laughs> right.
0: And so, that's that's so- a vote, too.
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, part of what I continue to argue is non-voters need to be compelled to um, engage in the process, I believe, by candidates who actually speak to the issues and put forth solutions and then follow through on those said solutions. So voters feel like when I go to the ballot box, my vote is actually leading to a material condition being changed. Too often The the inability of Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians from the the city level all the way up to the federal level can get so caught in intractability and paralysis Mm -hmm. that people feel like it does not always matter who's in office because my everyday conditions will not change. Now, obviously, this last election, we saw the consequences around Roe v. Wade. We saw the consequences around you know, uh, the pandemic, you know, the the handling of the pandemic, we saw the consequences around the Supreme Court. So but to to many folks, those situations are not, you know, things they wake up every day thinking about. Mm -hmm. But there are situations that I think people need elected officials to champion and then figure out how do you solve political intractability at every level of this government. I know it's hard when you have uh, you know, a a, a a political party that are clearly not honest brokers when it comes to governance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are con- continuously obstructionist and or they are putting forth so many red herrings. But I will say that people who are activated as single issue voters are often carrying the day in these elections. And what happens, I believe, too often is that voters who do care about gun violence are often being um triggered by the other cultural war issues of LGBTQ issues or of you know uh absolutely of, you know economic hardships and 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 they're being made to believe that those people over there are a bigger threat to my family than the gunman who is you know waiting to you know do something nefarious to us uh whether we're in a school whether we're in a in a in a movie theater or a store. And so I think we have to continue to call for better elected officials, better candidates, better governance. And then we have to continue, I think, to keep organizing and pressing for common sense solutions that everyone can agree on. I do think as a result of the gun violence provincial legislation historically signed last summer, mm-hmm. we do have some legs to stand on. We just got to do some better organizing and brokering uh, around what we agree on.
0: So then how do we how do we broker and organize and influence when we have people like Governor Ron DeSantis who produce anti immigrant, anti black, anti education, yeah. anti a bunch of things, legislation in his state. And then you have a killing in your state, I won't say as a direct result, but clearly there's a. I'll say
1: it's a direct result. <laughs>
0: OK, yeah, there's I, a dotted I, line you can I, draw there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's not it's not outside the bounds to say when you when you whip people up into a frenzy around any issue that mm-hmm. meets folks who are obviously filled with anger, filled with, you know, pain and irrational, um, you know, hatred. And you're the source of that particularly when it's grounded in falsities and propaganda, um, the scriptures say we ought to comfort the feeble-minded, mm-hmm. not, um, not to trigger them, mm-hmm. you know, not to, to, to uh, incite them to violence and, in, and to, to, to evil acts. And so, you know, I think people who are in positions of power, like Ron Santins, Trump before him, you know, you got other governors like uh Sarah Huckabee Sanders down Absolutely. there in Arkansas and and the governor in Texas. These people are literally creating a hysteria around black people's ability to have self-determination and not be written out of history. Mm. Um, of course, you, you're gonna find individuals who are constantly being fed by these uh news sites, these propaganda sites, these these black website, you know, uh, chat rooms that are feeding them propaganda, and they are literally being uh, triggered. Ron DeSantis language, I believe, is the match that set the bomb loose in Jacksonville. He may not have been the bomb himself, right? But he was the match, and mm. we ought to hold elected officials accountable for that. We ought to lay the blame at their feet. We ought to cry that they have blood on their hands. And then we ought to demand that Democrats and Republicans and people who don't agree with that are putting in accountability measures and safeguards to protect Black people from the continuous onslaught of anti-Black racism, violence, and death dealing that is happening in plain sight in this country.
0: In plain Um, sight. That
1: is the purpose of the government, is to protect the vulnerable from the whims of the mad, crazy of violent uh impulses of the state and of the kind of individuals who are radicalizing this way. And that we 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 are taxpayers, we are owed that. And we ought to keep demanding that. And much respect to the congresswoman down there who's been on Ron Santa's neck. I yes. hope we get more folk who are willing to be on elected officials' neck from both sides of the aisle yes. when they continue to make the conditions so possible for this kind of violence to happen in plain sight.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like, where do we go from here? when We have like, I love the fact that you brought up all of these different governors who are creating these environments for people to just be wild and crazy, go out and shoot. Mm -hmm. And then they deflect. I was, I was watching, um, I'm from Tennessee, as you know, and our special session just ended. It was supposed to be about gun safety, but it was really on unsafety. You could not do anything. They continued to silence people. Um, Many of the covenant um, families, speaking of the the shooting that happened earlier this year, who showed up, you know, I watched an exchange between a mother at the school and one of the Republican um, members of the house. And instead of talking about gun policy, he talked about the shooter being trans identifying as a trans man. And again, I just kept thinking this is deflection. It doesn't matter how the shooter identified. Mm -hmm. The fact is nine people died and the state has still yet to pass any meaningful gun legislation. And again, these are the conditions that governor Lee is continuing to, you know, create that allows open carry in a state where there are people who are clearly unhinged. And it's not just Tennessee. I'm just using that as an example where the policies make it possible for people to just walk in and buy something legally. So you can say, oh, he or she bought that legally. They bought it legally. Absolutely, they did because of the policies that you refuse to change and course correct after seeing death and carnage. And I just it's, – I'm frustrated about – having this conversation over and over again, because it just feels like people don't care.
1: Well, people, people, people do care, but not enough people with the power to change um, the legislative frameworks care, you know, and, and I think it's really important to, you know, the faith leader, um, someone who, you know, obviously, Comes out of a long history and legacy, multi generational of of, of, black church, Pentecostal kind of church sensibilities. We need better preachers. We need mm. better pastors. We need better faith leaders. Because the reality is, unfortunately, as I did some research about Tennessee, or Arkansas, uh, or these folks, like you know, the go- governor uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders claims to be a Christian.
0: They all do. Her father,
1: claims, you know. So I want to ask what brand of Christianity is this that seems to have such a vampire like thirst for blood flowing in the (laughs) streets while they are the ones who have the power to turn a faucet off? It is a brand of Christianity. Frederick Douglass says um, he loves the peaceable Christ, but this Christ of America is literally the worst possible um, comparison to the Christ that he reads about in scripture, a paraphrase, mm-hmm. obviously. But we have to, I think, call out and continue to call on these evangelical pastors in every tradition, in every you know color, every state. You have to disciple your people better. Mm-hmm. You have to disciple members of your church to number one, not be so filled with fear that you need to worship at the altar of a gun in order to feel safe.
0: Mm.
1: You have to be willing to demand that the elected officials who attend your church um, don't feel comfortable coming into your church if they are willing to let this kind of carnage happen and they, as you say, continue to deflect. We have to call on the churches to actually follow the peacemaker whose name is Jesus, who was indeed uh, a criminal, executed by the state. They got to get a lot more proximal to the Jesus of history and not the Jesus of the slaveholding, you know, whipping, raping, murdering, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Western empire Jesus. And so we need better faith leaders we need a better faith. Um, And particularly in some of these places where people of faith, particularly Christians, uh, have a dominant hold on government um, I know people want to talk about you know separation of church and state and all that stuff. I want to talk about that too, especially if the folks you know who are in office are just full of fear, wicked, you know, mismanagement legislation. We we need to have a better conversation around that. So absolutely, I I do think we we need to we need to we need to raise the temperature, you know, and and not get get thrown into despair. I feel like we're helpless. We aren't a people without hope, but we got to keep responding. We have to match the intensity of the the kind of violence that is 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 swarming around us. And I do believe we can do so with the uh, emerging coalition of the willing, who believe in peace and and healing and, and 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 justice.
0: Yeah, and hopefully those coalitions are rising all across America in every jurisdiction and state. Um, And particularly in our state houses, because when I look at a lot of what's happening, these same elected officials get up and quote a scripture or they get up and say a prayer. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't quote scripture or say prayer, but these are the same people who are blocking sensible gun legislation. They're blocking money for community violence intervention programs. They're changing the narrative around um, how people are being prosecuted for crimes. And so, again, these same folks who are spirit-filled, faith-filled, allegedly filled with the Holy Ghost, are the exact same people who don't do anything. They are silent in the face of death. They are I, silent. I
1: love, say, uh, I love how you say allegedly.
0: Allegedly. I, I, you know, I, I have to you say more, that. You are <laughs> charitable than I
1: am. I want to know what <laughs> spirit they fill with. They ain't filled with the Holy Spirit i'm here to tell you these folks so full of the devil some of them they just full of the devil <laughs> and they need an exorcism of epic proportions jesus came <laughs> to set a lot of them kind of religious leaders free, free <laughs> in right Scriptural days but you know I, I do think we have to keep asking ourselves what is it about this country me phil agony wonderful young uh brother organized out of florida We used to talk about this a lot during the Ferguson Uprising days and beyond. What is it about this country that has the populace of this country so filled with hate and anger and violence that we are willing to unleash that on one another indiscriminately? Yeah. You know, like what what is it about the soil of this country that is so contaminated with all of this violence and 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 othering and, and, and et cetera? And then we claim to have the presence of all this faith and and religious practices. I think there's a dissonance there. There's a hypocrisy there. There's a lot of self-interrogation. We must do as citizens of this country and commit that we will not participate in any act of violence against another human being. We have a military-industrial complex that stretches out across the world, Mm -hmm. and then we wonder how and why violence Hits our own community so 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 intensely. It's because we have it's because we have a culture of violence in this country that is as American as apple pie. Mm. And so, you know the 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 meta uh, impact of such a culture of violence. It does seep into um, the soil of this country and impact. I think the way in which we interact with one another. It is not an excuse, but it is an important analysis. Because then it lets none of us off the hook. Yeah. Right. All of us have to ask ourselves why, as a country, are we so committed to violence? Yeah. Why are we so committed to weapons? Why are we so committed to retaliatory, uh, lethal responses to perceived or real uh, 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 harm or problems that are caused to us? And I think we are a uniquely violent country in the world. Yes. Like the king. Mm -hmm. says that we are the greatest exporter of violence in the world, the United States government, our government. Mm. So, you know, it ought not surprise us that we have individuals in this country, from Pookie to the white supremacist terrorists, who are too often surrendering themselves to violence to respond to real or perceived situations where they feel aggrieved. Um, We need to ask serious questions about that. And may I also say, you know, in California, we just had a terrible weekend of, particularly in the Bay Area, young people, hundreds of young people turned out to a movie theater to watch a a movie. And it turned into um, a a chaotic scene. One young person was stabbed in the neck. A sister, a young brother dropped his gun that was in his pocket, 12 years old. The gun went off, shot somebody. And the way the news described it was, hundreds of children or kids uh, rioting and fighting at the mall, when in reality, it was likely a few kids. um, And now they're trying to criminalize all of our children um, in the same way that they did in the 90s by calling all these black kids super predators, which led to another act of systemic violence against black people in this country in response to the crime issues. And so we have a responsibility in this country to ensure that we are having the proper narratives related to how we address violence in our communities. We extend grace to a racist mass shooter and throw the book at a young person in our communities who uh, are dealing with all kinds of social, mental, emotional challenges. Let's balance this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A massive ceasefire mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. violence in our country, in our communities, and abroad. And let's invest in healing and wholeness and wellness. And let's let's reject racism, xenophobia, let's reject all the anti all the homophobic, transphobic, you know, sexist, you know, misogynist. Let's 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 throw all that stuff out of our being and let's have a country where we can really love on people, love them into wellness and wholeness. I think that has to be a part of the solution for sure.
0: Yeah, well, that's, I, I know our time is running short, um, but I think that that's a good, a good really conclusion. And you talked about grace, Pastor Mike, and it struck me as soon as you said it about how we, you know, allow for grace for white supremacists. And I couldn't help but think about um, Mother Emmanuel down in South Carolina And again, how um, the killer uh, was was given food and was gracefully walked and taken into custody um, when black people um, at traffic stops. I'm thinking about the brother in Minnesota um, who was shot, you know, not even didn't harm anybody um, self, um, you know, recognized that there was a weapon in his car, you know, let Philando. the Philando Castillo Thank you. And, and let the officer know it was still killed. And so when you talk about grace, yes, we need more grace. Absolutely. But I get frustrated when I see grace for one and not for all. Um, yeah, I get frustrated well, is- when I see the narrative for one and not for all. And so, again, all of this is around guns still. All of it is still surrounding guns, um, but it's frustrating to see these narratives, to see the way people talk about killings and murderers—white versus black versus Latino versus Asian versus whatever—othering, and there's grace for some and not grace for all.
1: Right. Well, when 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 we have grace for some and not for all, we have injustice. Come on. So we need grace and justice. Grace and <laughs> you justice. Know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm i not one of these people who practice a, a form of Christian faith that um, relies on the continued abusing of the vulnerable in order to be faithful to some, you know, idealistic framework. No, I, I believe the scripture talks about justice way mm-hmm. more than it talks about anything else. Mm-hmm. And so when we have the mainstream population of this country Europeans, identified as white, who are literally abusing the process of governance and laws Mm. to wage violence, both legitimate and illegitimate against the vulnerable. The just response with grace is to make sure these individuals are removed from their positions of power, privilege, and influence in order to protect the vulnerable. To me, Grace and just justice is to ensure these individuals are removed from our communities until they can prove that they're not going to cause harm. It ain't to like, you know, close our eyes and, you know, go, uh, you know, we who are the abused, go buy them some hamburgers. No, I'm not interested by, you know, hamburger. I, I you know, i come visit you and do some prison ministry with you. <laughs> God. I hope you figure it out before you get released. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But you know, no, we 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 don't need to kind of do this kind of performative dance. That's what it around, is, Mike.
0: It's performative. You
1: know, we don't need to do that. You know, the 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 stakes are too high. We need truth tellers. We need people who are willing to tell the truth and help our people understand who are our antagonists, who are the threats. Mm-hmm. The White House pulled together a couple of days ago, a meeting for faith leaders. To help them make sure their houses of worship are safe from uh, mass shooters. I mean, we're living in a country That's crazy. but but
0: when when we could really just pass sensible gun legislation,
1: Well, of course, we could pass sensible gun legislation. But let's remember, you know, back in the 60s, there was bombing black churches. Absolutely. No, I'm not saying that
0: in lieu of I'm saying in addition to. In
1: addition, of course, I I think my my whole point, though, is that the problem is about the propensity of certain people, major, you know, uh, mainstream groups to wage unrelenting violence against the vulnerable. Mm. And the government has to do everything within their power to weed these individuals out. I mean, I just want you to think about this. When the government launched the war against drugs, they literally locked up a disproportionate number of black and brown people as a preemptive response to the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Where is the massive federal <clears throat> task force law enforcement apparatus to weed out white supremacists in this country. We know white supremacists are on our law enforcement agencies. We know that they are in our, our judicial courts. We know that they are teaching our kids. We know they preaching in the pulpit. Mm. And so my thing is, you know, um, have we scrubbed the Facebook pages, the Instagram pages, the TikToks and the Snapchats of police officers, of teachers, of public service to make sure that they are not proponents of white supremacy. Right. Have we ensured that their doors get no knock warrants and you go and purge their houses of, of these weapons of mass destruction because they are obviously trafficking in white supremacists, anti-black, uh, anti-immigrant xenophobic, like the government has to respond to the problem of white nationalists and Christian nationalists with the same fervor. It has responded to the issue of perceived black criminality in this country. And we don't have that. Passing common sense gun laws is the easiest step, but yet it seems the most elusive step. We deserve better governance. We deserve better laws. We deserve better neighbors in this country. And my hope is that eventually one, if not all three, will catch up to one another
0: pastor michael mcbride again he is the executive director of live free and the co-founder of the black church pack around um gun violence and you know just having the conversation about what happened in jacksonville in chapel hill north carolina and mike um thank you again for coming and speaking with us and shedding some light on what we can do moving forward in the future to really just make sense of it all
1: well, it's, it's an honor. Thank you. And thank Newsweek for giving you this important platform to get everyday voices out. Um, I love to have you all consider joining in our work. You can go to livefreeusa.org and sign up. Be a peacemaker. Uh, we're advocating for common sense gun laws. We're advocating for increased funding for CVI programs. We're advocating for criminal justice reform. We're advocating to make sure people have access to the ballot box. So wherever you are, Get in, fit in with us, a person of faith or no faith. There's room at the cross for you, as they used to say in the old black church songs. We love to rock with everyone. Um, It's been a pleasure, Crystal. You are a gift to us all.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Pastor Mike. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to the Crystal Night Show.